There are some people in this world, they don't believe that Jesus died and he resurrected. They say the Christians, those of us who have believed in the death and resurrection of Jesus, they tell us that we have believed in fiction is a fair little. That is what they say. And they even tell us that we were not there. So how can we believe? Something that we were not there, we have been told. It is written for us to believe. But a question that I ask them is that were they also there to see that Jesus did not die? Uh, because the Bible says in John chapter 20 and verse 29, God said, Jesus said to Thomas, it says, a blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. Is it these are deceptions, end time deceptions, just to undermine your faith in God so that you will not believe in Jesus? Because the devil knows that it is by the death and the resurrection of Jesus that you and I have our salvation. So we need to study the word. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul admonished the young Timothy, the pastor. Is a study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed by rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have to be able to divide the word of truth to prove with scriptures to these people that indeed Jesus died and he resurrected. Luke chapter 24 and verse 6. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee. The empty tomb of Jesus, where Jesus was laid, the garden, they call it the garden tomb in Israel. As you stand in the garden, the garden tomb, and make your way to the tomb where the body of Jesus was laid, you can still hear the voice of the angel echoing. He is not here. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. Even after 2,000 years, people go there, tourists go there, and this voice of the angel is still echoing in the tomb where Jesus' body was laid, in the garden tomb in Israel. Now, the angel told them, to remember what Jesus said to them in Galilee. Of course, it is important for us to know what Jesus told them in Galilee. We have to know. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 to 32. Then says Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Jesus Christ 
the man who founded Christianity, is the only man to step on planet Earth who could make appointment beyond death and was able to keep that appointment. He's the only one. There is nobody like that. Jesus made appointment with his disciples beyond death and he was able to keep that appointment. As chapter 1 and verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And so here we see that Jesus was on Mount Olive with his disciples. This was after the resurrection. In other words, Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 to 32, it says, tonight I shall be stricken. Tonight they will take hold of me. I shall be stricken because it is written that I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Of course, he was quoting the prophecy of Zechariah about himself. In Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, that is where the prophecy was made. That strike the shepherd, I'll strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will scatter. So Jesus was saying to his disciples that tonight they will strike me and all of you will scatter from me because that is what is written as so, but when i am dead i shall be raised and when i am raised i will go before you to galilee where i will meet you and so this scripture that we just read in Acts chapter 1 verse 11 shows us that here Jesus is risen and when he rose after 40 days because he did not go to heaven immediately after resurrection Acts chapter 1 verse 3 he walked on earth for 40 days to show himself to many people with infallible proof that he had risen so after 40 days Jesus met his disciples in Galilee and he stood on Mount Olive and whilst he was speaking to them, he was carried up boldly by the clouds and he ascended to heaven. Where two men in white apparel stood by them and said, ye men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? As if you are surprised, this same Jesus that has been taken away from you into heaven shall come back in like manner. So his word to be with the disciples after death was kept. He was able to keep his appointment that he made beyond death. He kept that appointment. He kept that appointment. Let's listen to the account of 
Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3 to 8. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. 500 people saw him at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. So as at the time that Paul was writing this, some of the people who saw Jesus that he had risen, they were alive. Some were dead, some were also alive. Verse 7, after that, after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles and verse 8 and last of all he was seen of me also that is Paul as of one born out of due time ladies and gentlemen without any question any doubt this is the record of the death and the resurrection of Jesus this is the record of his death and his resurrection. But the question is, did Jesus truly die? Yes, I believe sincerely that Jesus died. In the 19th century, there were two brothers, Calvat and Calventurin by name. They sought to explain that the death was not actually death and that is the reason why you and i need to prove to be able to prove the death of christ because until we're able to prove the death then we can't prove the resurrection because there cannot be resurrection uh, without death so these two brothers calvert and calventurin they said that even the resurrection was not actually a resurrection, but it was that Jesus fainted from exhaustion and he was resuscitated. And so they said that when the, 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 the people put sponge, according to them, their explanation, the argument, they said that the people put sponge into some solution and they put it in his mouth. And so that made him to faint, and later he was revived. So that is exhaustion and resuscitation. He did not actually die and resurrect. That is their argument. But this is a fallacy, because the gospel makes us understand. We understand from the gospel that Jesus, before he was crucified, he was flogged. And the, the nature of the Roman flogging is well known in history, that they use a multifunction that is embedded with various sharp objects. 
so that when they throw it on the victim's back, it pulls the flesh with it. And sometimes victims lost their eyes through the torture. Others broke their bones through the torture. Sometimes victims broke their feet through the torture. And this punishment was inflicted on Jesus. This is how John put it in John chapter 19. John chapter 19, verse 1 to 3. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scorched him. And the soldiers plated a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Hallelujah. And so Pilate put him around in the common war. And then he made the soldiers surround him. And the soldiers put a, they made a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they smote him. And they, 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 they smote him. Let's look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. What he also says about this. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 27 to 31. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat upon him. And they spat upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And so Pilate put him around in the praetorium, the common hall, and made the soldiers surround him. Not four, not five, not six, not seven or eight, the whole band of soldiers. Matthew says that he was surrounded with the whole band of soldiers. And this one will kick him to that one. This one will hit him to that one. And they beat him mercilessly. And in those days, it was a normal practice for anybody who is sentenced with crucifixion to carry his own cross to the place of execution. Apparently, they followed this same procedure for Jesus. But it appears that from the way they had beaten him, uh, when they, they finished beating him and they put the cross on him, he could not carry it to Golgotha. Because in the first place, Pilate did not want to crucify him because he says he finds no fault with him. So he wanted to beat him and beat him severely 
so that it will please the people that you have beaten him enough so you can release him so they really beat him he was surrounded by a whole band of soldiers and they beat him mercilessly it was not a joke and after that they put the cross on him to cover it but because of the way he had been beaten he was already weak so when they, they, they put the cross on him, he could not carry the cross to cover Golgotha. The other thieves by him, they, they had not suffered any beating. As the Bible names the man who carried the cross for Jesus, and he even goes further to name his two sons that he had visited Jerusalem with his two sons, and he was compelled to carry the cross for Jesus. Mark chapter 15 and verse 21. He gives his name as Simon of Cyrene or Syria, and his two sons as Alexander and Refuse. They were, uh, this man, Simon of Cyrene, had visited Jerusalem with his two sons, Alexander and Refuse, and they, this man, Simon, was the one whom the soldiers compelled to carry the cross for Jesus. Ah, goodness gracious me. If you are listening to me at this time, whatever place that you have reached in life, in your ministry, in your education, in your business, and you feel that you have come to a standstill, that you don't have the strength to go on anymore. God has some seasons of sirens that he has prepared, that he will use them to help you carry that burden to your destination. And I speak this prophetically over your life, that help is coming. As a help is coming your way, uh, whatever point you have reached in your in the pursuit of some goal in your life, God has some seasons of siren that He will compel them to help you carry that cross to your destination. You shall fulfill destiny. You will fulfill your purpose, God's purpose in your life. You see, those days, it was not just anybody who did crucifixion. Those who did crucifixion were professionals. And if crucifixion was sentenced on anybody and the people do not carry it out, it is an offense that is punishable by death. So the crucifixion of Jesus was done by the Roman soldiers. And these people were professionals. Uh, so the people who were interested in Jesus dying the Jewish leaders, the elders, they followed to the cross just to make sure that Jesus truly died. Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, verse 41 to 43. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, 
Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. So to prove to you, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus truly died, the first point is that the people who were interested in him dying were there at the cross. They were watching. And they wanted to make sure that this guy that they had laid hands on him now, they will make sure that he is truly dead. Because in Luke chapter 4, verse 29 to uh, 30, Jesus, the people had tried many times to kill him, but all the time he would escape. So this guy that we have been looking forward for this opportunity, and now that we have him in this corner, it is an opportunity for us to finish him. So they stood there at the cross. They were mocking him. Even when Jesus said, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They said, he's calling Elijah. He's calling Elijah. If he is the one, the, the son of God, as he claimed, let him come down from this cross and we will believe him. He saved others by himself. He cannot save. So they were mocking him. They thought that it was the final moment, an opportunity to finish him. So to prove to you that Jesus truly died, the Jewish leaders, the chief priests, the elders, who were interested in him dying, they were there. They followed to the cross. They stood there mocking him to make sure that he truly died. That is the first point. The second proof that Jesus died is also by the Roman soldiers. About the Roman soldiers, they, they wanted to make sure that Jesus truly died because it was the, 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 the time for the preparation of the Passover, the, 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 the Sabbath. That evening was the preparation for the Sabbath. And they would not allow by custom anybody to hang on the cross if the person was not yet dead. So if somebody hung on the cross that evening, the preparation before the Sabbath, and the person was not yet dead, what they do is that they go and break the knee and uh, they, so that the, the body will be left hanging with the nails in the palm. And there will not be any weight to support, any knee to support the, the weight so that that will quicken their death. So the Bible says that getting to that evening, the soldiers went to the thief on one side, his, his one side, and he was not yet dead. Remember, they had not suffered any beating. So they broke his leg, his knee, and he died. And they went to the other one also and broke his uh, leg, and he died. But when they got to Jesus, he was already dead. And even with that, to make sure that 
he was truly dead one of the soldiers took the spear and pierced him at his side and water and blood came out just to make sure that he was truly dead but interestingly what i have just said is not recorded in the gospels by john it's not recorded in matthew it is not recorded in luke and it's not recorded in mark it's john who recorded it why because john is a disciple who was able to follow to the cross and john stood there and when jesus jesus lifted up his head on the cross then he saw john standing by his mother and he said woman this is your son and son this is your mother john chapter 19 john chapter 19 verse 31 to 34. john 19 verse 31 to 34. the jews therefore because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the sabbath day for that sabbath day was a high day besought pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him but when they came to jesus and saw that he was dead already they broke not his legs but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came the out blood and water and he that saw it bear record and his record is true and he knew he know it that he says what he says is true that he might believe so the one who saw it john he was there and he saw that indeed they pierced jesus and indeed jesus died so john saw it he was an eyewitness to this and he says that he was there so he saw it so he's bearing records to it so he says that you should believe that indeed is true that jesus died he was there and he saw what happened that is point number two the roman soldiers themselves wanted to see him dead because it was the evening of the sabbath preparation and nobody should be left hanging on the cross otherwise they had to break the knee and quicken the death faster and thirdly these people also say the the those who don't believe in the death of christ they also say that he didn't die, but rather it was there was so much poison in him. So that poison, uh, they say, when they 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 stab him at the side, uh, it, the fluid that came out rather saved his life rather than ending his life, because there was so much poison in him. Because when they put that uh, uh, so-called sponge into the water so-called solution and put in his mouth whilst the bible says that 
they gave him vinegar. They says that no, 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 it's not vinegar. Rather, it is some sponge that they put in some solution to put in his mouth. So that made him to faint. And so when they pierced him at the side, the poison in him, the fluid came out, and that rather saved his life. But again, from the scriptures, we see that the body of Jesus was not taken down immediately. The body was still left hanging because they needed to obtain permission from Pilate before they could take the body down. Again, Pilate himself needed to be sure that indeed Jesus was dead before he could give permission to them to carry the body or to take the body away. So Mark chapter 15, let's look at what the record says. Mark chapter 15, verse 42 to 46. And now when the evening was come, well, now when the evening was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. And calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been, he, he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. So a centurion is a soldier who commands 100 soldiers under him. So Pilate wanted to be sure. When Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate to, to seek for the body of Jesus, Pilate called the centurion and asked him, he inquired from him whether Jesus was dead. And when Pilate was convinced, in other words, the, the, the scripture says that the centurion confirmed to Pilate that indeed Jesus was dead. So when Pilate was convinced that he was dead, then they handed the body over to uh, Joseph of Arimathea and he took the body down and took it away for burial. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no conspiracy theory in this world that can explain how a man can suffer the torture that Jesus went through. No conspiracy theory in this world that can explain the torture that they, they, they took Jesus through, the punishment that was inflicted on Jesus. And how after this torture, a man will be laid in the tomb for three days and so the man will not die and then he will come back alive. If Jesus did not truly die as these people claim, then when he arose, he will not be walking with a normal gait or normal walk. He will go some star. I don't want to use any word to offend anybody. But he will walk some way. Then you see that this man, he did not really die. But he said, whom do you seek? Jesus of Nazareth. He is not here. He is risen. 
He says, remember what he said to you whilst he was with you in Galilee. He said, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that Jesus died. It is true that he died and he resurrected. This is the proof of the death. And we will continue in our next meeting to prove the resurrection. Once we have been able to prove something from the scriptures about the death, now we can also go ahead to prove the resurrection. Because you can't prove the uh, resurrection when you have not proved the death. So please don't listen to arguments like this. It's end time deception. Just to undermine your faith. All that Satan is after is your faith. He knows that if he can undermine your faith, then he has finished you. All your, your work with God is about faith. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1 and verse 17. So your faith in Jesus is what will justify you. When he gets you, if he's able to get you to lose that faith, then he knows that he has finished you. It is your faith in Jesus that will give you life. The just shall live by faith. Please, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, at this point, just say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in your death and resurrection. You died for me, and by that I'm saved. Once I have believed in you, Father, forgive my sins this day. Make me a new creature. I don't want to be a castaway the day that you appear in your glory. Because I believe that is for sure that you are coming back into this world for the second time. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for answered prayer. Amen. Now you are a new creature. If you have accepted Jesus, please, you can reach us via, via WhatsApp or uh, call on zero two four six one three five eight four three zero two four six one three five eight four three. This is JSL Jesus saves the lost Matthew chapter eighteen and verse eleven.